It's like, if you can do that for Michael Jordan, you can shout at church. But anyhow, <laughs> so, and she does, she does. So she, she, she danced around the place. Now, here was, here was the thing. Had she, had she responded any other way? You know what? If she had responded with a yawn after I put that in her hand, I'd have snatched that right back out of her hand, taken it back to the store, and went and bought me a Harley. You understand? I mean, if you're not, it, oh, really, that's, that's it? Listen, it was either a Harley or a diamond ring. I'm going back to get me a Harley. At least it talks in tongues, you know. <laughs> but the response was, was the right response. It was the right response. And when God shows up, that's what he's looking for from us. He don't want you responding. He don't want you responding in a religious way. He wants you to respond out of your heart. He wants you to respond with a shout of thanksgiving. You know, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And so uh, the key to your receiving today is you're being willing to respond to God in the way that he's looking. Listen, I know some people like, well, you know, I, wor I I'm worship the way you want to. Don't worship the way you want to. Worship the way Scripture commands us to. Amen. You know, God, God's Word tells us how to worship. And nowhere in Scripture do you ever find that sitting on your hands is appropriate before the Lord. Amen. Amen. There's always some kind of expression. God created us with expression because He intended for us to use this expression in worship and in praise to Him. Amen. So, uh, I'm telling you, it's a key. If you'll respond to His presence. Lupe, it's good to see you again tonight. Praise God. Lupe came in here last night. She couldn't even sit in a chair. We, we even got a soft chair out for her. Right now she's in the waffle maker. And praise God. Thank God. She's, amen, healed. Amen. Praise God. Listen, when the Holy Ghost fell up in here last night, we were jumping and leaping and praising God. That was the appropriate response. That was the appropriate response. That's how you get something from the Lord, as you respond to him appropriately. Amen. Amen. Some people say, well, you know, I'm not too passionate about that. Here's the deal, man. You know, follow your passion. Adam and Eve followed their passion. Look where it got them. Listen, you follow your passion as long as it, it lines up with the Bible. Amen. As long as it leads to the Lord. Praise God. Well, we've got all kinds of folks that I want to introduce you today. Of course, uh, uh, John and Bernice Campbell are here. Pastor John and Bernice, Pastor uh, Faith Connection Church in Shawnee. So wonderful to have you here. Uh, today, and of course, my friend and my brother, uh, and uh, my cousin, and all these things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he kept hair on top, but boy, he did. <laughs> I think it was my my dad's the only one that lost his hair up top. I think, dirty rat. Anyway, but my 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 cousin and and his wife, Pastor. Uh, Reuben and Andrea Villanueva are here from Swanton. Pastor Reuben will be ministering tonight. And we're glad to have them. They came a long way. And I didn't introduce them last night, but um, uh, Brother Ethan and Abigail uh, Robinson are here from Toledo First. And they re really surprised us because we weren't expecting them to come. But they serve, they serve on staff at the Toledo First Assembly. And so it's good to have them here today. They came from a, a long, long way. And then I asked a brother to come tonight. He was ministering over in Shawnee uh, this week. Uh, I've never, I'd never met him and never uh, heard him preach. Uh, but uh, Brother Sean Strong is here tonight. He's an, he's an evangelist, a minister of the gospel. 
and we heard him preach on a Friday, or no, Saturday night. It was going to be Friday, but I postponed it, put it to Saturday because we was, had all kinds of stuff going. But anyway, uh, we were able to go and, and hear him a Saturday, and I, I didn't realize, you know, people, some, sometimes people say stuff and they really make you feel old. But anyhow, uh, Sean said he was in one of my meetings when he was 15 years old. And, but I figured it out, and I was, a, you know, you're, I, I, was a, I was probably 20, you know, 20, if you were 15, I was 25. So uh, around, you know, around that, 25. Uh, so I wasn't very old, and, I, and I've been in the ministry for a while because I went in the ministry when I was 16. So, um, but Sean uh, preached a good word. I asked him to come tonight and to share testimony of the things that God is doing through his ministry. He's from, uh, he's from uh, Missouri. He served uh, at his, uh, uh, he's, well, you know what? Some of y'all remember Sam Wood. Um, Sean actually came up in Sam Wood's church, and he traveled with Brother Sam for many, many years, carrying his Bible, uh, uh, catching people in meetings. Uh, get, what, what, he, what he was doing was he was getting the anointing rubbed on him is what it was. And, uh, and then uh, he, he went and preached at a church in Missouri, was uh, smitten by the pastor's daughter of that church, married her, and then now he's been serving in that church, you know. But he's full-time now in the ministry, uh, traveling, evangelizing. God's using him. And uh, it's our hope that one day uh, we'll have him back here at Winter's Church. But, Sean, will you come? Will you share uh, with the folks a testimony of the things that God is doing in your life and in your ministry? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap for Brother Sean. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Come on, I think he's the one worthy of praise. Amen. Oh, I think y'all can do better than that. Y'all just, y'all just, y'all, I mean, as he saved you, sanctified you, filled you with the Holy Ghost, right? Ain't nobody like him. Amen. And uh, man, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself and and uh, just uh just hopefully to testify just for a minute. I remember Brother Ziggy and uh, coming when I think I was actually 16, so you might have been 26, but uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, no, it, it was, uh, it, you know, it's so amazing um, when you grow up and you just see men of God that were an impact in your life and uh, did special things in your life. And I remember that meeting specifically, and um, it wasn't long after that that I got my call to preach. And, uh, man, just really wanted to do evangelistic work. And, um, man, I've been doing that for almost 15 years now. Um, and it's been an amazing journey and uh, an amazing time. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I believe in this next dimension that God is getting ready to move us into. We're about to destroy Dagon. Hallelujah. That, that I, I believe that what I would call that bullying spirit, right? He's a bullying spirit that's trying to push the children of God around. But there's an anointing that's about to be released on you and upon your children and their children. And every devil is about to know who you are by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you ought to let the devil know you should have killed me when you had the chance. You should have taken me out when you had the chance. 
because when God gets finished with me, come on, I'm getting ready to step up to another level. And if you thought I was good, listen, if you thought I praised him when I didn't have nothing, wait till God finishes blessing me. If you thought I didn't, man, y'all, come on, listen, don't, don't just give you a little patty clay clap right now, right? Come on, you ought to just let the Lord know God is for me. He is on my side and no weapon formed against me will ever be able to prosper. And I'm about ready to let the devil know I'm about to come up higher. There's a fresh anointing. There's a fresh fire. There's a fresh wind that's getting ready to catch in America one more time. I wish we had some praisers that would let the devil know he's on my side and I'm not backing up, but I'm pressing in to the kingdom of the Holy Ghost. I feel the wind changing directions. Huh? It was blowing north, but now it's about to blow south. Huh? It was blowing against me, but now it's blowing with me. See, the wind was pushing against me, but now it's pushing me. Oh, come on. It was blowing against me, but now it's pushing me. Somebody shout, push me, Lord. Oh, push me, Lord. Oh, man. Amen. Sit down, sit down just for a minute. <laughs> We've been, uh, we've been evangelizing, and uh, man, uh, I just I love the kingdom of God. I love God's people, and I really believe that this is the season and dimension of signs, wonders, and miracles, and I, I, I'm not talking about just uh, conjured up miracles, but tangible miracles that we all know about, that, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Pentecost hearing stories of Oral Roberts' R.W. Shambach, and they used to have what we called old-fashioned conventions back in the day. And we would sit at tables, and I remember sitting around hearing those old men telling stories about what God had done in their ministries all of those years. And uh, I'm just going to share a little bit of my heart with you and then give you a quick testimony. And uh, I was at the place in my life just a few years ago, I said, God, I'm tired of hearing stories. I thank God for stories. They propel our faith. But I want my children to tell stories. Huh? Come on, y'all ain't here tonight. I want my grandchildren to tell stories. I remember when my grandpa, Sean Strong, was preaching. Come on, somebody. I remember when old brother Ziggy came to my church. And come on, and he flipped upside down. On He was a big old boy, but he ran across them pews. Come on, somebody. He ran across the top of them chairs. I'm kidding, y'all. I'm kidding. I'm just having fun. But I, I think that it's significant in our generation that we quit talking about Pentecost and we experience Pentecost. I'm, I want to have our own stories. In February, I was in a church and um, I had never been. I, I've been in a lot of good revivals. I've seen God manifest a lot of things. But I'll never forget this one testimony of this lady and I'll never forget this service. I, I was supposed to be there one Sunday, and we ended up being there five and a half weeks. And uh, we were there, and it was just an amazing time. But I'll never forget this lady. Um, she was sitting in the back, and, and I was just preaching and kind of going along. And all of a sudden, the Lord just stopped me. And I went back, and I just began to minister to her and prophesy to her. And uh, she came up to me after church, and she said, Brother Sean, she said, I got to tell you something. She said, uh, my husband had just turned to me and asked me, do you want me to go get the preacher to pray for you? She'd been in pain for 12 years in her body, 
and hadn't been able to eat. And she had just told the Lord the night before, she said, would you just take me home if life isn't going to get better than this? And uh, I began to pray and prophesy over her. And she came up to me a few days later after that service and said, you won't believe what just happened to us the other night when you prayed over me. I ate my first Mexican dish that I haven't eaten in about five years. And she said, uh, I'm, I'm feeling good. Come on, somebody. And everything's changed. And I'm telling you, we're in the, the moment of the tangible. Amen. We're in the moment of the tangible. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for letting me come by. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Bishop, come get this mic and take it from me now. Thank you, Sean. Praise God. Amen. Listen, God's on the move. Amen. Sean shared with me today that he'll be back sometime in February to minister for, for Brother Sam, and, and he'll, he'll only be there on Sunday morning. And we don't typically have Sunday nights, but I think we might just have to have a Sunday night so we can, so we can get him in here and get him in here. here here's, a, here's a deal, you know. When have you ever heard another preacher get up and said they was five weeks somewhere, ex except for me? I mean, don't include me. And, you know, we're, we're that kind of radical. We, you know, sometimes it takes a while. Amen. To marinate. To really get it in you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So, thank you, Sean. I appreciate you, brother. Praise God. All right. We're going to receive an offering here. Amen. You know, I, I was just, it's, it's funny you say that what you said. I was telling people, we're, <clears throat> the Lord, I felt like the Lord told me we're not going to have a a Pentecostal revival, we're going to have a revival of Pentecost. We don't, we, it's not a Pentecostal revival we need. We need a revival of what happened in Acts chapter 2. Amen. And, we, and we've seen, some of us have seen these things, and we've heard of these things. Anyway, open your Bibles with me real quick uh, to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to have Pastor Reuben come here in a moment. but or I'm sorry, the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter uh, 6. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to uh, read um, from verse 6. So th this is a familiar passage of Scripture. So as we're, as we're receiving the offering here, all of these offerings are going to go toward those who are ministering in this, in this uh, revival. Now, I've already, uh, here's, here's what, and I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a brag, it's just a fact. Uh, we're, we're a generous church. And so when, when people come and they, and they serve, uh, they serve us as they're serving the Lord and we're receiving from their ministry. Uh, we believe that, that God's word teaches us that there's, there's something that we ought to do. And so let's read this, chapter 6, starting with verse 6. It says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Amen. Next verse says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, a lot of times we don't connect those two verses, verse 6 and verse 7. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. But one time I was preaching, it was here in Oklahoma City, uh, at a uh, at Assembly of God Church on Western, uh, later moved toward more toward more, uh, I think it was called The Rock. But anyway... I, uh, I was preaching for the pastor, 
this pastor had been there for many, many years. And there was a woman that came up to me during an altar call. And she said, uh, Brother Ziggy, she says, will you pray for me? Um, she said, I, I'm, 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 really, uh, I'm really in a bad way. I haven't been getting, uh, Jesus is calling somebody. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm really in a bad way. I feel like I haven't been fed. I used to come to this church and get fed, but boy, I don't get fed anymore, and I just don't understand. And, and, and you know, uh, this pastor used to be a big-time blessing, but, you know, I just, I'm just not getting anything from him. And, and, and you know, sometimes, sometimes that happens, and when that happens, uh, it, it's, it's for good reason because you're not getting fed, and you probably never, you know, uh, maybe, the, maybe the field hadn't been, you know, maybe they hadn't had nothing in the field for you to graze on or something. But this time when this woman said this to me, she said, the Lord spoke to me and said, ask her where she's been sowing. Ask her where she's been giving. And I, I, I thought that was weird because I'd, I'd never connected this before. But I asked her, I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, where have you been giving? She says, well, what, 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 what does that have to do with anything? I said, well, I'm just curious. I said, where do you give? She says, well, I've been sending my tithes to TBN. I've been sending my offering. She started talking about where she'd been sending her offerings. And the Lord dropped this, this scripture in my heart. It says, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Do you know it's not scriptural for you to sow toward a light bill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These folks that have come, it wouldn't be scriptural for you to sow, you know, toward, uh, toward um, uh, their uh, gasoline or what. The Bible says if you're taught in the word, communicate unto him that teaches. And this is a big part of where the body of Christ misses. A lot of the reason why uh, we, don't, we don't really receive the harvest uh, financially that God intends to get to us sometimes. Because we'll, we'll join a church, and when we first join a church, we're sowing, uh, we're sowing to the one that teaches us. You know, In the beginning, when many people started, well, I mean, not in the beginning. Y'all are still doing the same. When you, when you all sow, in, when, when people sow in my church, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make like, uh, this, uh, this isn't a brag, it's just a fact. But every, everybody that sows, most everybody that is sown in our church, they're still sowing toward him that teaches in all good things. We don't come together and sow toward lights. Or every now and again, I'll get up and I'll say, hey, you know, we paid, like we paid for a bunch of chairs that haven't arrived yet. But they're coming. They're somewhere. I think they're, they're in a better place than some of I think they're in Florida or something. But anyway, <laughs> vacating. They're gonna, we're going to get our chairs. They're going to be nice and tanned. But anyway. <laughs> but but you know I'll I'll get out and I'll tell our folks hey you know we we spent this much we didn't really need for you all to get behind it or we didn't need to take pledges we the Lord bless us with more than enough but if you want to be a part of sowing toward that you can you can be just keep in mind that's what you're sowing toward you know it's not I don't think it's wrong to raise money but when we're sitting under the ministry of the word of God it's extremely important that we purpose in our heart to do what the scripture says and as the word of God is communicated Sean got up and he talked to us I'm not letting Sean leave here without an offering he, I mean, he's up here, what, 10, 15, it don't matter to me. He's not getting out of here without an offering. And, and here's the deal. Like Sean and different men of God that are in here, don't, don't tell people no. Because what you're doing is you're opposing the Bible. You're po and, and a lot of times that's what, that's what we do. We end up cutting our, we cut our legs off, you know, <laughs> we, or we cut our nose off to spite our face. Y'all hearing me? It's, it's important that we follow the principles of the Word of God. 
If you're taught in the word, communicate unto him that teaches. The next verse is, is, is associated with, because this, this is where I made the connection. This woman said she hadn't been fed in that church that she'd been at for a long time. And she said her, her tithes were going to TBN. You know what the Lord told me? He said, she's not sowing in the field. How can she expect to receive a harvest out of a field she doesn't sow in? How can she expect to receive a harvest out of a field she doesn't sow into? And so it's, it's, it's important when we sow, when we sow into a ministry, when we sow into an individual's life, and really we ought to be sowing into him that teaches. As Reuben comes tonight, and Sean's been here tonight, we're, we're sowing into them that teach. And, and it really don't matter what you give. They're going to get blessed big time. We're going we're to be a blessing to them. But it's important that you determine in your heart that you're going to be a blessing to them. Amen. Be not deceived. God is not mine. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Every church I've ever been to, I've gone out of my way. Every church that I've ever uh, that I've ever been a member at, I've gone out of my way to make sure that I'm a blessing to my pastor. Amen. You know the Bible. The Bible says. <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I, I need to hurry up. I need to get this room. But anyway. <laughs> You know, the Bible says the blind can't lead the blind. Uh, in fact, if you think about that scripture, that's in Luke 6.39 or something. Isn't that right? Luke 6.38 talks about giving. It shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, shall be measured unto you again. And then it says this right after that. Can the blind lead the blind? See, we don't associate the two verses of scripture. But here's, here's the reality. Can the, can the blind lead the blind? No. Let me ask you this. Can the poor lead the poor out of poverty? <laughs> Shall they not both fall into the ditch? So where the head goes, the body will follow. So it ought to be in our hearts to make an effort to ensure that we're a blessing to the men and the women of God. Amen. And when you do, listen, I, I, Ted and I, uh, Brother Ted, we know Ted is a giver. He's got a giving ministry. Um, we, were, we were in the same church. Uh, we, we attended the same church. Pastor J.C. Hibbard was the pastor here in Oklahoma City, Southside. And Brother Ted, he, was, uh, he wasn't traveling with me uh, very much at that time. But I would go out and travel, and then I'd come back. And when I'd sit in church, I'd sit under Brother Hibbard's ministry, and Brother Hibbard would be preaching. And, and, uh, and Ted told me, he said, man, when you come home, he preaches different. I said, really? I said, how do you mean? He says, man, it's like he gets a fire or something. It's, it's like he goes to another level. I said, do you know why, Ted? He said, why? I said, because he has to. Because I'm there. And I've, and I've sown in his field. And when I come, I'm expecting a harvest out of that field. If he wasn't going to be anointed when I walked in the door, he's about to get anointed. And, and listen, I'm telling you, church, I know some of you are like, I don't know about that. I know you don't know. That's why I'm telling you. Amen. I mean, you got, you got to work this out. And so uh, I would sow into Brother Hibbard. We, we would, if, if we saw them in a restaurant, we wouldn't let them pay. If, uh, if I saw him anywhere, I was trying to sow a seed. Every day, every day, and I didn't put it, just put in an offering. I'd stick an offering in his hand, and Brother Hibbard, Ted, Ted one time had a bunch of socks, gave him his socks. Uh, one time I found, he, he had a favorite Bible. 
And uh, it happened to be the Bible that was my favorite Bible. And they had quit. Uh, they went out of print. And, and, you know, it's a $300 Bible. And I had found five of them. And I bought all five of them because they they, you couldn't find them nowhere. And he saw my Bible and he said, oh, man, I love that Bible. He said, mine's worn out. And I've, I've, I've looked for them everywhere and I can't find them. He said, do you know where I can find one? I said, Brother Hibbert, I have five of them in the car. He said, really? He said, I'll buy one from you. I went to my car. I opened up the trunk. I pulled out three of those Bibles and I put them in his hand. I said, here, here's three. He said, I can't take these. I said, take them. He said, Brother Ziggy. I said, Pastor Hibbard, take them. I'm sowing these into you. You've taught me the word of God. I'm, I'm a member of your church. There's a harvest coming to me as a result. And you know what? Not only was there a harvest to finance, but every time I was in church, I received something. And so did everybody else because of my persistent giving and my persistent faith. Some of you can cause revival to break out right where you're at if you just sow according to this verse of scripture. Amen. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the fresh reap corruption. For he that soweth in the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Look what it says in verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint. I know. I know something like, oh, yeah. all, they, all they want is money. Amen. All you, now listen. See, some, some people will get their drawers in a bunch about that. Well, you're doing this for the money. What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? Well, he's just doing this for the money. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if I couldn't feed my family, if I couldn't take care of my household, if I couldn't, I, I, I might not be in the ministry. Not because I wouldn't want to be, but maybe I couldn't be. Don't look at me stupid. Come on, y'all. None of you feel bad about going out and earning a living. When you, none of you go to work and say, I don't expect to be paid. Praise the Lord. I'm just doing this because I love Jesus. You dirty rat. But you're gonna, you want me to get up here and work and then be like, oh, no, you know, praise God. No, listen, I'm, we receive offerings because why are you receiving offerings? Because we want your money. That's why we receive offerings. You say, what are you going to do with it? We're going to spend it. Yes. Amen. What are you going to spend it on? Well, we're not going to spend it on booze. It's not going to end up in the G-string of a stripper. We're not going to open up a dispensary. We're not going to go get our medical card. And, you understand? That's not what we're doing. We're going to go and we're going to take the good news If we received three offerings a night in this church, everyone should be happy about it. Because every dime of it's going to go to do the work of the ministry. You know, you know some people say, why would you take three offerings? Because you get more money. The more dollars you put in someone's hands that's out doing the work of the gospel, the more souls we bring into the kingdom. Period. You need to get, you, some of you need to, you need to get unplugged. Some of you spiritually constipated in the area of finance. And you need a good dose of Holy Ghost milk of magnesia to loosen you up. Amen. 
God, God will give you a move. He'll entrust you with much if you'll trust him. You Listen, I don't love money. If I loved money, I'd have left the ministry a long time ago. He's trying to get our money. What money? I've, I've gone to the poorest places on planet Earth. And in the poorest places, when we went to Springfield, I went to Springfield. We were in Springfield, Ohio for a 30 weeks of revival. Seven months. Seven months. Springfield, Ohio, on the front page of USA Today, while I was preaching in Springfield, they said that Springfield was one of the communities that would take a double dip into the recession. There were more people in poverty in Springfield, Ohio, than anywhere. A ha in seven months, a half a million dollars came in our offering. The church came out of debt. In seven months. It was, su it was supernatural. Catholics, Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Pentecostals. Non-denominational people were gathering in these services. We had hundreds and hundreds of people. They, the, the newspaper came out to take pictures during that revival. Tyler's in those pictures. They put us on the front page of the paper. That, I remember when the reporters came out uh, to, do the, to do the story. They were following me around with a camera. Me and Tyler had a bucket of oil. We were out in the field because we were anointing people. When I, when I have an anointing service, I get a bucket of oil. I stick my hands in there. You're, you're going to get greasy or you're going to get anointed. One or the other. And people are, people are hitting the floor under the power of God. I remember these people are looking like their eyes are wild. And the cameraman is taking pictures. And I'm thinking, I can't, I, I just, I don't know what they're, I'm like, what are they going to write? I'm thinking, what are they going to write? And I, I'm going down the line. After I prayed for a few people, I'm looking for the cameraman. I can't find the cameraman. And I find him in a corner laid out on the floor under the power of God. I look for the lady that's writing the story, and she's laid out. Her papers are soaked in oil. She's out under the power of God. When, we, when, we, when they released the article, they put it on the front page of the paper, and it said, Springfield, City of God. And in, the, and in the article, it said, not since the days of Billy Sunday has God been doing something in the city of Springfield like he's doing in this six months' time. See, some, some of us that are, that are plugged up with religion, we got to get over this money thing. No, we're not lying. We're not, I'm not going to lie to you. We, we want you to sow because we need the money to do the work of God. Now, we're not, we, we have no lack in this church, believe me. But there will come a time when we'll spend whatever dollar you sow to do the work that God's called us to do in this city and abroad. Amen. Praise God. And we're going to send people out of this place. People like Sean Strong. When he comes here, we're going to make sure that he don't have to worry about where his next meal's coming from or where his next tank of gas is coming from. Or, Amen. In fact, if he needs an airplane, I'd like to be the one to... Wouldn't it be nice that when... Michael, wouldn't it be nice? Michael's looking at a new plane now. Wouldn't it be nice for you to be like, well, you know, Sean, I think he needs, he needs the airplane I've got now. Maybe we ought to give it to him. We are going to sow airplanes out of this church. Here's, here's what somebody saying. You don't need an airplane. No, you don't need an airplane. Just, just leave me out of it. We were, we were over a year in northwest Ohio in revival. And without that airplane, we couldn't have, we couldn't have done it. So, amen. Are you ready to sow? Hopefully I haven't turned too, much, too, much, too many of you off to...
I, I'm, I, I pray this is stirring in your hearts. But anyway, let's, let's, let's sow today. Praise God. If you, if you have an offering to sow, and listen, if you think what I've said is a manipulation to get your money, keep your money. Keep it. You're going to need it. Amen. <laughs> you can text to give. This is probably the best way for you to give. Uh, you uh, text the word Winners Church to 77977. You can give cash. You can give checks. Uh, there are envelopes on the back wall there. If Brother Don, yeah, thank you, Brother Don. Brother Don's going to go back there. If you need an envelope, if you'll lift your hand, Brother Don will get you an envelope, and uh, uh, you can sow that way. But um, but give and expect that you're going to receive a harvest and a return on your seed sown. And expect that as you sow into these ministries, that God is going to bless you big time through these ministries. Amen. Praise God. We, we don't pay for the gospel. We don't pay for the manifestation. That's not what I'm talking about. But what we do is we position ourselves, and, and sometimes that seed is a point of contact for our miracle. Shambach talked about the greatest miracle he ever saw was a baby that was healed of 26 major diseases. And you know, that miracle started with the mother of that baby sowing a $20 seed into A.A. Allen's ministry. It was her last $20, and she sowed it. That was her faith connecting with a word that Brother Allen had given that night. Brother Allen said, sow a miracle offering. If you'll sow a miracle offering, God will meet you. She sowed her last $20, and that night her son received 27 miracles in his body. Was born without genitalia, and God, God revealed he was a boy. Had no color in his eyes, and little swirls started to appear. He had big blue eyes after it was all over with. He had clubs for, feet, clubs for legs, no feet. And Brother Shambach said he watched as God took a, a look like silly putty and formed feet on the end of stubs. The tongue of this kid was hanging out of its mouth. And he said it was like the Lord pulled his tongue out, and then when he let it go, it snapped back into his head. This kid was completely healed of every disease he had in one night. In one night. Amen. God, God can do anything. But you've, you've got to have a right heart. And so don't be ugly when it comes to offering. Don't do that. It's not good. All right, are you ready? <laughs> Praise God. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to give into your kingdom. As we sow and as we give, may it be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, cause man to give into our bosom with the same measure that we meet with all. May it be measured unto us again. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you that these dollars that are being sown are going to spend better than any other dollar. They're going to go farther and they're going to do more. God, I thank you that uh, the people who are sowing here today in faith, Lord, that you're going to meet them and that you're going to bless them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over just like your word said. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to participate in the economy of heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. All right. You can bring your offering anytime. If you have a uh, visitor's card, uh, uh, drop your visitor's card in the offering bucket. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. On the app, make sure you choose guest speaker. If you, if you fail to do that tonight, it'll be okay. I'll, I know that everything that comes in tonight goes toward revival. But if you'll put it toward guest speaker, it, it did change. There is, there is a revival. Uh, yeah. The, did you? Because I got, I got notification that there's a revival tab. Okay, there's still a revival tab. If you want to sow toward revival, you hit that revival tab. Brother Reuben. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the, the, he, Pastor Reuben is one of my most favorite people on this planet. I have fallen in love with this man, and the story is amazing. And some, most of you know it, but 
you know, we didn't know we were first cousins until a couple years ago when uh, Pastor Ruben discovered who his uh, biological father was, which is a whole other story, and he may, he may include that in what he's going to talk about today, but I was so glad to find out that we were um, related. In fact, uh, Andrea, his wife, Andrea, will you stand up so everyone can see you? <laughs> Sister Andrea, amen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, but uh, she she contacted me and she she's like don't don't she's she's like don't be calling me no hot mama like Pastor Zig does Annie. <clears throat> but she reached out to me on Facebook and she's like, you and my husband are first cousins, and I was like, great. I mean, let's get together. I mean, we're family, and we did and. Didn't realize he's a pastor, you know, and um, and he knew I was an evangelist because he had seen me, at, you know, from growing. We grew up in the same area, so anyhow, I was so glad to to uh, know that he was number one related. And then when we got together to get to know one another, listen, I'm going to tell you, there's no one that I've met I don't think that's more genuine than this man. Uh, he has a genuine love for Jesus. Uh, his grandfather uh, Ben De La Cruz uh, actually. Um, was one of the people that we looked up to growing up. Uh, he let me he let me give my testimony in his church. His grandfather, I gave my testimony in his grandfather's church right after I got born again, and uh, and then stirred up a bunch of demons. But we won't talk about that today. So <laughs> that's when the Lord was teaching me how to cast out devils. But <laughs> I'm so glad to have you, Reuben. I, I appreciate you making the trip, and. Uh, Let's, let's thank God for Brother Reuben and for his ministry here today. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so, uh, so glad to be here tonight, uh, Andrew and I. Uh, we drove last night. Uh, we, we planned on leaving earlier yesterday, but uh, church, uh, church let out a little bit late and uh, and I got home, and then I started watching a little football. And so before you know it, it was 8 o'clock, and we were leaving. <laughs> and so you texted me last night, and uh, I, I didn't let you know how, how late we were going to be driving. <laughs> and uh, so but we're glad to be here. Uh, so excited. I tell you what, um, I want to give a testimony um, about what the Lord's done in our finances uh, ever since uh, Pastor Ziggy's come. And and just shared the supernatural increase um, uh, with us, and uh, uh, God's just changed everything for us. We've been able to sow more than we've ever sown in our lives, um, and not just sow it, but be glad about sowing it. You know, not mad about sowing it, but glad about sowing it. And then, and then, uh, and then the Lord's just uh, blessed us so much. I mean, it's just changed everything for us. And so uh, Sunday uh, yesterday at church. Uh, we had church, and it, and it lasted about two and a half hours, and uh, I didn't realize it, but um, I thank the Lord because uh, uh, ever since uh, Pastor Ziggy's been there, I know the Lord sent him. I know yesterday you talked about yesterday morning uh, divine appointments, and um, I believe that was a divine appointment not just for me but for our church. And so yesterday at our church, I just want to testify the Lord's moving the Lord is moving. God is pouring out His Spirit. And so, so it's just amazing uh, for us to see what God is doing. I'm so excited about it. And uh, I also, when I was 16, uh, saw you uh, in a service. But, but you were 19 or 20. You weren't, yeah. You weren't. So, 
I won't do you dirty like Sean did you there. <laughs> so, but, man, uh, when Brother Sean got up to, man, what an anointing. Uh, uh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, you could feel it. It was tangible. You could feel that anointing. So, so uh, I, I just want to share tonight uh, something that God put in my heart. I didn't realize when he was showing me, I didn't realize, you know, uh, um, everything that it meant for my life. And so uh, I was sick, uh, not this last year, the year before, I was sick with COVID. Uh, my wife had tested positive, and, and I didn't test, but I'm sure I had it. And, and so I went, I went about a week, and I had every symptom that you could have with COVID. And I hadn't slept for about three or four days. And uh, I remember going up, to the, going up the steps, and uh, when you get to the top of our steps, uh, the one way is our bedroom, the other way is our daughter's bedroom. And so I, I was just getting ready to tell my wife, I, I think you need to take me to the emergency room. And uh, But instead of going over there, I went over to my daughter's room, and she had just left for Alaska. And uh, and her room was just atrocious. It was awful. My, it was so bad. I, I, I went in there, and I kind of moved some stuff. She's got one of those uh, beds that you just kind of sink into. And I hadn't slept for three or four days. And so I remember sitting there, and I just kind of uh, fell over. And uh, just desperate to get some rest. And uh, I remember sinking into her bed and just a bunch of stuff all over. And it, it was just it was pitiful is what it was. It was, it was really pitiful. And so, so I'm there trying to get some rest. And the Lord begins to speak to me. He begins to say to me, I want to show you some things. And my thought was like, this isn't a good time. It's, this is not a good time. You know, and I felt like, well, why isn't it a good time? And because I'm sick. I'm very sick. I don't feel like hearing from you right now. <laughs> and he said to me, that's okay. I'm going to speak to you anyways. And so he began to show me some things. He began to uh, show me some things. He said, you're going to need this understanding. Uh, for this revival, um, Cherie, she had uh, talked to me. She sent me a text. And, and, and really, um, one of the focus was aligning the natural for the supernatural. And so that's what the Lord began to do in my life. He said, I need you to understand, I need you to understand how I created you to function. He says, because without that, uh, you're just kind of uh, like a hamster. You're just kind of, that wheel's going, going, going. And, and so he began to show me some things, and I want to share that with you tonight. Because um, Wednesday, last Wednesday, we were at, at our prayer service, and, and as we're praying, the Lord began to show me some more things about that. And, and so when he began to show me, I knew that that was for here. I knew that that was for this revival. I, I knew that uh, God was uh, teaching us, giving us revelation uh, about how he created us to function here on this earth. And, and so there are so many times in, in my life, it feels like I'm just hitting a wall, hitting a wall. And the Lord says, because you don't have understanding of how I created you. He says, so I'm going to show you. And so he began to show me a picture. And I'm going to ask... Tyler, I, I didn't ask Tyler's permission before the service because I, I, I didn't want him to say no. I'm going to ask him to help me here, okay? <laughs> uh, could you come up here real quick? <laughs> and I'm going to have you do this because I feel like it's much easier for you to do this than for me to do this, okay? Uh, so, so I'm going to ask you just to kind of lay down on your back right here. <laughs> no, oh, no. So that would be cool. No. <laughs> so that, that would make it much more dramatic. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> I was looking around. Who could I have do this? And so you won. You won. So, so we, we, we read in Genesis 1, God, the, the story of creation, 
how God created everything. And, and so it gives us uh, uh, just uh, the heavens. Uh, he created all the beasts, all the fish, and all the birds. There's, we, we see an account of this in Genesis 1. We see an account of, of God's creation. And so in Genesis 2 then, it, 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 there's something really interesting happens. Uh, it's one of the greatest, as, I, as the Lord began to show me, it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened uh, in the history of all time. Not even in the history of the world. God is about to do something that, that he's never done before. And, and so I, I had, I'm sorry, Tyler. <laughs> I had Tyler come in and do this. Because uh, when, when God was doing this, God was getting ready to uh, breathe into uh, man's nostrils. He was getting ready to breathe his spirit into man. And so nothing like that had ever happened before. But I wanted Tyler to, to uh, lay down here because I wanted you to see the position that we were at when God decided to fill us with his spirit. That, that's how we were. That's what we had to do with it. Nothing. We didn't have anything to do with it. And so I, I wanted Tyler to... Because I wanted you to see that. God was getting ready to do something. And, and I believe as God comes and, and he's getting ready to, Tyler, I'm not going to breathe in your nostril. I, I don't want you to be nervous. I don't want you to be nervous. I am not going to breathe in you. Because I seen a look in his face. I did. I seen it. was a little, he was a little afraid. He was a little afraid. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's getting ready to happen. And, and I believe that all of creation was watching. Nothing like this had ever happened. God spoke the word, and out of, out of his mouth, every, all the things were created. Everything was created out of the words that he's spoken. But he's getting ready to do something that he hasn't done before. He's getting ready to breathe his spirit into man. And I believe all of creation was watching. As he came, and he filled us with his spirit. Nothing like that had ever happened since. Or the, and, and, I mean, there wasn't anything like that. God has spoke the word and everything came, but, but God was getting ready to do something. He never, he, he, he breathed into, the Bible says, Adam's nostril, and, and Adam came to life. And so we think of that. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So, so God began to show me this picture of what he had done in Genesis. And the Lord said to me, listen, uh, I created you. Uh, he said, when I created you, you, you were the man was the first hybrid uh, that, that was ever known. Created to function here on the earth with a physical body, uh, but, but created also then to uh, be filled with my spirit. And so when Adam got up from that when, that, when when God breathed into Adam and he got up from that, Adam began to walk around uh, filled with the spirit of God. And the Bible says that, Listen to this. The Bible says that God brought the animals to Adam. And the Bible says whatever Adam called them, that's what they were. That was God's plan. That was God's plan that, that the natural things would be surrendered to a, a man that was filled with his spirit. That was his plan. And so we see Adam and we see him begin to do the things that God's created him to do. It blows my mind that the Bible says that, that God began to bring the animals. God did that. God did that. Listen, the Lord began to say to me as I was sick with COVID, and I didn't want to hear what he had to say. 
I didn't. But he said, you need to listen. You need to understand something. I created you to have dominion over the natural things. When you were walking in the spirit. When you would walk in the spirit, he said, I created you to have dominion over natural things. And, and so we know that. So then there's that Adam and Eve, they sin. Uh, the, the serpent tells Eve, you know, uh, if you eat from this fruit, uh, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, here's the thing. She already had the knowledge of good. That's all she knew was God's goodness. And so what he tempted her with was the knowledge of evil because that's how we are. That's how we are. And so what happened then is then when they sinned, uh, you know, God had told them, if you eat from this fruit, uh, then you'll surely die. But it wasn't a natural, physical death. It was a spiritual death. And so God began to say to me, and so uh, when he talks to me, he calls me Mike. My first name is Reuben. But my grandfather called me Mike. And so when I hear God's voice, I, I hear my grandfather's voice as he's talking to me. He said, Mike, I need you to understand something. He said, I created you, uh, I created man uh, to function, uh, being filled, walking in the spirit. I wanted to be the source for everything that he needed. My spirit was going to be the source for everything that he needed. And so when Adam sinned, uh, then that was broken. And so the Lord began to say to me, uh, so he took me that. He showed me that. He showed me that in my mind. And so I, I'm, you know, uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, I'm delirious because <laughs> I'm so sick, you know. I'm thinking, Lord, is this you? Is it, I mean, I even, I even got up and I was getting ready to go to the bedroom and telling Andrew we need to go. And instead, I, I was so weak, I just whoom, laid down on the other side. And so the Lord began to speak to me again as soon as I laid down. He said, you need, you need to understand how I created you to function. And so then he took me to where Jesus, the, the disciples, they're in a room and Thomas is there and stuff. He took me to that place and Jesus goes in and, and he's talking to them. And, and, then, and then the Bible says this, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on them. The Lord said, this is what was happening. I, I, I was putting back in place... The way that I created man to function, I was putting it back in place. The Lord said to me, that, that that's a very similar scene, uh, breathing on the disciples. He said, you know, me breathing into uh, Adam's nostrils. Uh, he said, I, I had to put that plan back into action. I needed, uh, I needed to be able to, because sin separated man from God. He said, when Jesus did that, he was putting back the, in place the plan that I had for them. And, and so the, the Lord was showing me all these things. And I was like, that's awesome, Lord. And then I said, Andrea, take me to the emergency room. <laughs> It's weird. It's just strange. I mean, I, I was so sick. And, and I knew the Lord had shown me something, but I was like, Andrea, we need to go to the emergency room. And so I remember being in the emergency room, and uh, Andrea, she couldn't even go with me. She just dropped me off. And uh, I remember being in there, and I'm by myself, and a couple of nurses come in, and uh, by myself for about 10 minutes. And, and then one of the nurses comes back. She says, you're about to get a bunch of visitors. And I said, Okay. And uh, 10 minutes, nothing. And then like eight people came in. And they're hooking me up to all this kind of stuff. And then they leave. And I remember they were being hooked up. And I could hear the beep, beep, different monitors and stuff. And I remember saying this to the Lord. It was a prayer, but I remember saying this to the Lord. Lord, I'm scared. I need 
you help. And the Lord said to me, I, I have been helping you. You see, uh, uh, earlier, that year earlier, um, probably about nine months before that, I had started losing uh, my taste of food started changing, you know. Um, I love, notoriously, I love uh, sausage croissants uh, from Burger King. And I remember the Lord blessed me one day, and he says, for a dollar more, you can get double the sausage. <laughs> and I was like, I had never seen that before. It's like, I looked, and I, what? I can get double for a dollar more? Anyway, so my tastes began to change. Uh, some of that food that I used to eat, it didn't, you know, and so I remember getting up in front of the church, and I was like, listen, I don't know what's going on here, but. You know, I'm not hungry for the same things that I used to be hungry for. And I said, I haven't lost any weight. I said, but I think probably I will, you know. And so uh, that went on, and I started losing a little. And then I, I, got, I got it in me that I'd like to start exercising. So I started exercising. And, um, you know, I, I was at, you know, uh, at the height of my exercise. Uh, I was probably doing about 15 miles a day on, the, on a bike, a stationary bike. And uh, I was, you know, I... I'd put it on, and I wish I could say I was listening to uh, Christian music, well, uh, but it was 80s music is what, yeah, motivates me. Uh, you know, we all have our vices. That's one of my vices, so I'm, st I'm stuck in the 80s. I'm a little stuck in the 80s, so uh, not the 80s rock so much. The Anyways, well, I don't want to talk about that. Anyways, and so I started exercising, and then uh, I was taking four different medications, high blood pressure uh, for diabetes, and, and I, I thought to myself, you know what, I, I don't know if I need those anymore. Talked to my doctor, and the doctor's like, well, how do you feel? I said, I feel pretty good. And so he's like, well, we'll go ahead and see. And so I remember telling the Lord, Lord, help me. I'm scared. And the Lord says, I have been helping you. He said, when your appetite changed, he said, that was me. He said, when you started exercising, he said, certainly that wasn't you. <laughs> you should have known <laughs> that something was going on. The Lord said, that was me. He said, when you got off those four medications, he says, that was me. Then he said this. He says, if you were to come in here, come in here 85 pounds heavier, no kind of stamina buildup on four different kind of med medications, he said to me, things would have been much different. Things would have been a lot different. And so when he said that, I, I looked back at that last nine months, and I could see so clearly what he had done for me. I began to cry because I knew. Now, since then... You know, here's the thing. You know, when, when God takes away an appetite for something, if you kind of go back to that, then you'll, you'll kind of get an appetite for those things again. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so, so the Lord's working on me. So, yeah. But. So this Wednesday, where is that church? And the Lord began to speak to me about uh, what he had shown me. And he, and he began to say this to me. He said, I created you to walk in the Spirit. You know, we've had Pastor Ziggy with us for uh, 27 weeks in Swanton, but, but uh, you know, we've, we've gone to other places. Wherever he's gone, you know, if we could be there, we've been there. Um, just just uh, being in that revival mode. I remember my daughter, Gracie, she had broken up with her boyfriend, and uh, she just didn't want to be alone. So she called me up. She's like, Dad, are you, going to, are you going to Adrian for revival? And I said, yes. And she's like, can you pick me up? And so, uh, so we drove to revival together. And uh, we were driving and driving, and, uh, and then uh, Pastor Ziggy was in Swanton. And probably about three weeks before it was going to be over, Gracie was like, I, I get it. She said, I didn't get it before. 
Revival isn't about just like uh, you go one night and something happens and then it's over. Revival is that every night that you go, uh, God's depositing something on the inside of you. God's depositing something on the inside of you. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, she's changed. God's changed her. Big time. Big time. And so uh, this Wednesday I was at church and the Lord began to, began to remind me of the things that he had shown me. And, and this is what he said to me. He said this to me, and, and this is what I want to share with you tonight. He said, Mike, there are so many things that you do, um, and you do it in the natural. Uh, but what you have to understand is that you need to stop that. You need to begin to get into the spirit. He said, you're trying to do some of the things in the natural that aren't natural. They're spiritual. He said, when it comes to worship, you want, you want to come to church and you want to, you want to try and worship me in the natural. He said, and it doesn't work that way because worship is spiritual nature. He said, so, so you can't do that. Uh, uh, in, in, in Matthew, uh, Jesus is talking to disciples and, and he's talking to them about, about praying. And what he says to them is that you, what you do is you, you, you get by yourself. You get to a place that's quiet, he says, and then you begin to pray uh, to, to a secret, your secret father. And one version says, you begin to pray to an unseen God. Here's what Jesus was saying. Listen, you, you can't pray to me like, like, like you talk to Deb. He said, he said, Mike, you can't pray to me like you talk to Andrew, like you talk to Andrea. What Jesus was saying, when, listen, in order to pray to an unseen God, what has to happen is that faith has to rise up on the inside of you. If you're going to pray to something that you can't see, that there's no proof in, but you're going to go to them, then, then faith has to rise up on the inside of you before you begin to pray. And so the Lord began to say to me, Wednesday, you're trying to do things in the natural, uh, worship, prayer. He says, but those things can only be done in the spirit. And so I started thinking about those things. I started thinking about the things that we do, that we, we try and do them in the natural, but we need to do them in the spirit. Here's what Jesus was saying. Uh, get by yourself, begin to pray. Uh, Jesus was saying this. Uh, something has to happen where there's a switch. Uh, we've seen it before. We've, we, we've seen it in Superman. We've seen it with Spider-Man. Or just like that. Uh, yeah, just like that. They go through and they pass through something and boom, you know, they're ready to go. He said, that's the way that you need to be. You need to have understanding that, that, that there are things that you can't do in the natural that you need to do in the spirit. And then he says this to me, because I started thinking about things. Then he says this to me. Uh, he took me to that verse of scripture that says this, uh, and everything we do, do it unto the Lord. And so he says to me, everything you do, I want you to do in the spirit. <laughs> and I was like. I can't do that. We can't. And he's like, why not? Why can't you do that? I said, because people aren't going to understand that. And he's like, listen, it isn't about them. It's about what I've done on the inside of you, he said. He said, if you'll begin to act, if you'll begin to walk in the spirit, because that's the way I created you, to walk in the spirit. He says, when I created Adam, he had dominion over all the natural things. Not just dominion, but God brought the animals to him for Adam to name and whatever he called them, the Bible says that's what they were called. The Lord said to me, that's how I want you to operate. 
But for so many years, you've allowed the natural man to have control. He says, that, that, that needs to be over. He said, in order for you to do what I've called you to do, he says, you, you need to have this understanding of how I created you to function. And, and so that's the word that I have for you tonight. And all the things that we do, there has to be an understanding. We have to have the revelation that, that we can't do things in the natural anymore. That he's called us to do things in the spirit. Listen, and however that, however that looks for you, whatever it takes for you uh, to, 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 to get into spirit, that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. I, I know how it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen by just, just you know, standing here. I'm ready, Lord. Take over, Spirit. It doesn't happen that way. Pastor Ziggy talked about it earlier. God's looking for a response from us. And so that's what we have to do, church. We have to understand that, listen, in order for us to fulfill what God's called us to do, we have to understand that we can't do things the same way. I can't do things the same way. I need to have that understanding that he created me to walk in the spirit. And when I walk in the spirit, he's given me dominion over every natural thing. But if I don't walk in that understanding, then it doesn't happen. And then I get frustrated. And I say, Lord, why isn't it working? And the Lord says, I've already done it. I've already done it for you. What do you mean, why isn't it working? And so tonight, church... We can't do things the way we've done them in the past. There's no time left for that. There's not. There are people all around us that are hurting, that are dying, that have, that they have no hope. And, and we just walk around as if we don't see them. Because the natural man, he's selfish. All he cares about is himself. Listen, and, I, and I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I, I, I'm good at saying, you know, to the Lord, Lord, uh, uh, you know, um, I do so much for you. I'm good at that. Or you know what I'm good at? I'm, I, I'm good at, you know, saying, uh, Lord, you know, I'll do what you want me to do. Uh, and and I, I'm good at having this attitude. You know, Lord, I'm thankful that you have such good material to work with. I feel, I feel good for God. I'm glad for him. He's working on me. He's changing me. He's changing me. I don't want to allow my carnal man, my natural man, to have control anymore. That has to be true for all of us. We have to have an understanding that when it, when it comes to, here's the Lord saying, every area of your life. Because there's some areas where I, I say to myself, that makes sense. I understand. That's why you want me to get in the spirit. But in some other areas, it, that doesn't make as much sense to me. And the Lord said, it, it doesn't have to make sense to you. What does that mean, that it doesn't make sense to you? And, and so he's calling us, church. He's calling us to walk in the spirit. He's calling us every situation uh, that, 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 that we experience. He's calling us to uh, 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 surrender to the Spirit. 
This is what he said to me Wednesday, and, and, and I'll stop with this. Uh, being in revival with Pastor Ziggy, man, it has blessed me. It's changed me. It's changed me. But I look at what he does, and, and, and a lot of times it, it makes me feel like, could I do that? Anna, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what the Lord says. The Lord said, "Listen, you don't know how to you don't know how to, uh, to operate in the spirit." He says, "But my spirit does." The Lord said, "You don't have to be anxious because if you'll walk in the spirit, my, my spirit that's inside of you knows exactly what to do. And if you'll surrender to if you'll surrender to Him, then I'll do the things that you've longed in your heart." Uh, the things that you you long in your heart to do, and that's true. It's true for me. It's true for each and every one of us. It's true for all of us. We had a lady that was in our church, and uh, she um, she started coming through revival, and her husband passed away uh, last year, and so this is the first Christmas without him, and I didn't see her for a couple weeks, and I called her up and I said, "How are you doing? I'm just checking in on you." I said, "I don't want to." And she says, I'm doing good, Pastor. She says, you know, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, she said. Um, but, um, you know, uh, God's been helping me, she said. And I appreciate you being there for me, she said. But what I found out is that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what time it is, that God is there for me, that I can call on him. As a pastor, there's no greater thing that she could tell me. That she has the understanding when she needs help, she knows who to go to. When she's struggling, she knows who to go to. Listen, church. We're at a different time than we've ever been before. Seeing things that, I've seen things in this last year that I, I, would, I couldn't imagine that I would see. There's been liberties taken away from us that I could not imagine that that would happen here in this country. And so the only way for us to battle that is, is, is to, to let go of that control and let God's spirit move on the inside of us. That's the only way we're going to get through this. It is. It's the only way. And, and so I want to encourage you tonight. This is for all of us. Every one of us. Uh, God, God has filled us with his spirit. We need to understand how he created us to function. We need to have that understanding. And so, listen, when things happen to me now, you know, more and more, you know, uh, that, that natural man, you know, he, he wants to be in control, you know, because he thinks he's so smart. But he's a mess, really. He's a mess. And so we have to be uh, actively, we have to determine in our hearts that, that we're going to walk in the spirit. We're going to walk in the spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Has they come up here? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, that's what we've been talking about around here is ordering, ordering the natural for the supernatural. And you know, we, when we when we think about that, of course, I talked about I talked about David, King David, when he went after the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible says that he went and he went with a he went with a bunch of people that were, uh, they were, they were enthusiastic about going in and getting the Ark of the Covenant. 
And they had instruments and they had uh, grandeur and there was all this celebration. I mean, it was a huge, it was a huge deal. But the Bible says they went with a new ox cart to get this Ark of the Covenant. And they put the Ark of the Covenant on this <clears throat> new ox cart. And as they began to leave uh, Abinadab's house, they, they, were, they were all worshiping more. It must, have, it must have looked like a modern day church service. There was a lot of noise. There was a lot of celebration. There was a lot of activity. There was a lot of movement. Unfortunately, the movement and the activity that was happening was outside of the boundaries of what Scripture taught them about how the ark is supposed to be handled. You know, um, I don't remember where I was at, but it, uh, recently, um, and I'm, I, I don't mean to come after you, but we do have some time, so. <laughs> but I was, we, we read in Isaiah, uh, and I can't remember, I think it's Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah, Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And then he goes into this whole story about how he saw the Lord lifted up and how he saw the glory of God and how all these things begin to happen. He was, he was unclean. He was undone. An angel came and touched his lips and the fire of God touched him. And we, we see all this happen. But, you know, I don't, I, most people don't bother to find out uh, the connection between King Uzziah dying and this great move of God. When you, when you examine the life of King Uzziah, you find out King Uzziah was big time blessed. I mean, King Uzziah lived a blessed, you want to talk about a blessed life. He had, uh, God had extended his grace toward King Uzziah. He was a young king, and he was one of the most blessed and prosperous kings that Israel had ever had. He was so blessed, and God's grace was so great upon him that Uzziah believed that he could do anything. I mean, God, God loves me. I'm his favorite. Uh, there's nothing that I can't do before the Lord. And, and God, God will accept any, anything that I do. Anything that I do for him, God knows my heart. But we're living in a generation and in a time where, where we have, not only, not only is that the mentality and the mindset of a generation, but it's something, it's something uh, that has been the message of modern day preachers. It's, it's Americanized religion. That somehow or another, because we're Americans and we're Christians, that we can do anything and say anything. And we can, I mean, to the point, you know, back in the day, and Sean will probably remember this. Uh, I know Pastor John's sister Bernice will remember this. Certainly Reuben remembers this. But there was a time when you went to church and that pulpit was called the sacred desk. And you didn't let your, people didn't let their children get on the altar. The altar, even though the altar was just wood and cushions and things like that, that altar in the front of that church is where people went to meet with God. And that, and that sacred desk, that pulpit was the place where if you got behind that pulpit, the man of God was about to bring a word. And that was, that, that was a sacred desk. That wasn't the place for everyone. But now we've got people that, God, there's some of you, there's some of you sitting in this building that you wouldn't take any thought. If I opened up the opportunity for you to get up here and say something, you wouldn't even hesitate. You'd be like, I have something to say. And you would hope and believe that God would bless you to do it. You wouldn't even bother to, you wouldn't even bother to inquire of the Lord if you had any business behind the pulpit. 
Come on now. We started all this. We started all this when we told people, hey, we're going to have an all-night sing. Everybody bring your tape. And it didn't matter whether they could carry a tune in a bucket. It didn't matter whether they, 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 they sang on tempo. It, it didn't matter. You know, I went, to, I, went to a, I went to a singing at a church one time, and some, some girl broke out Whitney Houston. And people that didn't know it was a secular song had their hands lifted up. To, I mean, this girl singing, I will always love you. And people actually have their hands up in the air, tears streaming down their face. Because they, don't, because they don't know no better. Are y'all hearing me today? See, Uzziah, he was, he was blessed, and God prospered him, and God's grace was toward him as long as he did the word of the Lord. But one day, he, he felt like he was God's favorite, and he could do nothing wrong, so he decided he was going to go in and do something that was reserved for the priests. He said, I'm going to go and burn incense before the Lord. Incense is a represent, in the Old Testament, incense represents wor- modern day worship. He went in there and he decided he was going to do something that the Bible, uh, that the Old Testament had said was reserved for priests and, and for only certain priests. They were only, there were, there were certain ones that had to burn these incense before the Lord. But he was, Uzziah, I mean, he could do no wrong. Listen, y'all, y'all ought to listen to me today. Y'all ought to listen to what Reuben said. You know, when God, when, God created, when God created man, he created us with authority and with power. He, cre- he created us to function in his presence. When we try to live outside of his presence, we malfunction. But do you, do you know what determines whether you walk in the presence of God in your own life? Are you being obedient to do what he's, per- what he's uh, created you to do? Are you fulfilling his purpose? Amen. Some of us, it's not our purpose to be behind a pulpit preaching the gospel. Some of you, your place is on the corner of a street somewhere in Bricktown at the 7-Eleven. Praise God. We think there are no boundaries when Scripture doesn't teach that. We think we can do anything just like Uzziah did. But when Uzziah went in there to burn those incense, the Bible says that he was stricken immediately with leprosy. And he had to live the remainder of his days in exile. And all of the blessing and all the prosperity that that kingdom had, had, uh, had, had received was gone. For an entire generation, the people had to endure the consequences of a carnal king who did things his way. Listen, you will never see a post on Instagram from me that I did things my way. I am not going to do things. The theme song of hell is going to be I did it my way. Did you hear what I just said? The theme song of hell is going to be, I did it my way. Listen, it's not our way, it's his way. Amen. And when King Uzziah got outside of the will and out of the way of God, he was, he was stricken. He was stricken. He, was, he lived in exile, and all of the people suffered as a result. And then, thank God in Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah had to die. In order, in, in, in order for th- things to be put back in place. 
When King Uzziah died, now all of a sudden, the Lord is high. He's lifted up. The train, uh, the train of his robe fills the temple. There's smoke. There's angels hollering. There's, there's, there's shouting going on. There's, there's this, this holy thing that's taking place. So much so that Isaiah says, whoa, I'm undone. That's not what happened with David. David jacked things up. David, David takes that ox cart. They, they get away from Abinadab's house. They hit a rough spot in the road. Uh, Uzzah tries to, uh, to steady the ark, and when he reaches out and touches the ark, he falls dead. David gets angry with God like it's God's fault that they did it wrong. Some of you have gone through struggles, and you've gone through sufferings, and you've tried to blame God. We've tried to blame God for things that we've, amen. There's a school shooting one time, and I, there, was someone on, there was someone on television who said, they said this, they said, where was God when all these kids were being shot? Where was God when all these things were happening? They just happened to have a minister on there. They said, well, Reverend, where was God in this? He said, God's exactly where you left him, outside of school. You're the ones that kicked him out of school. You're the ones that said we, you, couldn't, you couldn't put the commandments on the wall. You're the ones that took prayer out of school. You're the ones that took the Bible out of school. And now you want to try to blame God for where he was at when these kids got shot? You say, what, what does this have to do with me, Pastor Zig? What, what are you doing to facilitate? What are you doing to order the natural parts of your life? Listen, I know you want to run around like a chicken with your head cut off, but you know what the Bible says? The Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. Uh, when you look at that scripture, the literal translation is this, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. When you have no vision, you will commit yourself to nothing. You won't allow yourself to be held within the boundaries of God's grace and God's gift and God's anointing for your life. But I believe we're living in a season, like Reuben said, we're living in a season where God is giving us an opportunity to order our lives, to facilitate His will and His design and His desire for us. Listen, you were created to live in His presence. As, for, as long as you continue to live outside of His presence, you will malfunction. You will malfunction. You could die trying to function outside of His presence. You ever looked at boxes of manufacturers? You ever seen, a, you ever bought them? Anybody here ever bought a mower? A mower where you mow your yard, a mower? Go, go, to the, go to the Home Depot, look at the side of the mower. You'll see a big red circle with a slash through it and two guys hanging on to the deck of a mower like this. And it says underneath that, do not use to trim hedges. Do, do you know why that circle is there? Because someone took a mower and tried to use it to trim hedges. You know, that, that mower wasn't designed. Are y'all hearing me today? A mower wasn't designed to trim hedges. But someone tried it. And the manufacturer got sued. So they had to start putting signs and little warnings on mowers. Now, can you trim hedges with a mower? Yes, but it's really dangerous. And you could die. You could lose your arms. You could lose your hands. 
Because you're trying to use something in a way that it wasn't intended to be used. You know, an iron gets hot, but you don't want to use it to heat your bath water. It could probably heat water, but the, the consequences would be dire. You understand? It was created to function a certain way. Listen, in the same way, throwing an iron in a bathtub is dangerous. You functioning outside of the presence of God is dangerous. But God is calling his people back to that place. That, that's why God's spirit is showing God's spirit isn't showing up so you can buck and... And we've been doing that for years. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not shy about doing that. Thank God. Thank God we can run and shout and we can leap around. But you know what? God, God's wanting to show up so that we can begin to function in his purpose and fulfill his plan and do his work. And, and uh, if you're here today, it ought to be in your heart. Lord, let, let me fulfill your purpose. Let me, let, let me walk in your will. Let me do things your way. If it means that I defer. If I defer from my ministry and prefer another ministry, that's when I'm, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm, I hope this doesn't make Reuben or anybody else feel bad, but you know, when, 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 we, when we said we was going to do these revival meetings, uh, there was almost a revolt in this church. People was like, we want you to do the meetings, Pastor. I was like, yeah, but I think we should have some other people. Well, but this is what you do. And they almost had me persuaded to cancel everybody. I mean, I was this close to canceling everybody and saying, all right, I, you know. I but, you know, here's, here's the thing. We need what Reuben brings. I hate it. Listen, y'all have to understand. So I hate it when people come to our church, when I invite people here. When I first had Pastor Ben here, he came to my office. He said, man, I'm nervous. I said, why? He said, I got to preach in front of you. He says, I've never done that in all the years we've been. And I've known him for 20-something years. He said, in 20-something years, I've only received from you. I was like, yeah, it's kind of unusual, isn't it? I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. He said, I'm not. <laughs> he said, I'm just going to get up and tell everybody I'm not you. I said, don't you dare do it. Don't you, don't you dare do it. Don't you get up to, they know you're not me. They're not expecting me. They're expecting God to do what he does through you. They need, what, they need what you can bring. They need the anointing that's on your life. They get me every day. They need some of what God does through you. Are y'all hearing me? We, we've, got, we've got to find that place that God has called us to function. And then we've got to, we've got to get comfortable in that place. We've got to be strong and we've got to be bold and we've got to be willing to declare the word of God. Listen, even if it don't sound like Sean, I mean, Sean got up here and I'm about to get it on myself here. <laughs> Brother Aaron Bird will come up in here on Friday and he'll be like, my, 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 my. He's as white as snow, thinks he's black as night. <laughs> he's the whitest black man I've ever met. But you know, Aaron wouldn't be Aaron if he, if he wasn't doing, if he wasn't functioning the way God wanted him to in his presence. And you know what? That's, that's why we have Aaron. We don't have Aaron because he wears the same clothes that we wear or because he sings the so same songs that we sing or because he preaches like your pastor. We have Aaron because we need the anointing of God that's working in his life. There's something that's completed in us because of what he brings to the table. 
Amen. Amen. Let's, let's order things in our life to facilitate the Holy Ghost. Let's begin, let's begin to pull from one another what we need from one another in the Spirit so that we can come up higher to do all that God wants us to do. We're, we're living in a very unique time. The, 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 there, there's a lack of voices in the earth today. And most, most people hearing the voices that are being heard right now don't trust the voices that they're hearing. No one has settled on, amen. No one has settled on who they're going to hear in this last hour. Because there have been so many flaky people said so much flaky stuff. And, and none of them want to own it. None of them want to say, well, I was a flake. See, it gets awfully, see how quiet it gets? What's he talking about? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. People, people that prophesied things that didn't happen. People that said things, and don't listen, don't come to me after this service and say, well, just hang on any day now. There comes, there comes a point in time where you're like, well, you know what, this didn't go, this didn't go the way some people said. But I'm, you know what, I'm not willing to say that people that prophesied things that didn't happen aren't prophets. They missed it, but it don't mean they're not prophets. Heck, I missed it. Me and Ted had a half a dozen Krispy Kremes before church one time. I think that night I missed it a couple times. <laughs> I was on a sugar high, you know. I was like, shit, if I, my hand would get close to my nose, I'd get a whiff of that Krispy Kreme goodness. Yeah, but, whoo, shit. Uh, I, I was under the anointing. It wasn't even the anointing. <laughs> You know what? We 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 gotta be careful we don't get ugly. Because some of these some of these people that have missed it big time, some of these people that have said stupid stuff, even if they don't own it, some of them that have said stupid stuff are going to get aligned with what God wants them to do. They're gonna get in the presence of God and they're gonna start hearing a clear word. Amen. We we may not all run over to see them. We may not all run over to hear them. But I I'm trusting that God's gonna restore. Some of these voices. But I do believe that God's raising up new voices in this nation. Will you be a voice to this nation? Anything could happen. In a 24-hour period of time, God could change circumstances and, and raise you up to be a voice to this nation. Stand up all over the place. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, we're not used to getting out early. I mean, this is early to us. Some of you, this is late, but... <clears throat> Praise God. Come on, Eric. Praise the Lord. Amen. Boy, I appreciate you, Pastor Reuben. I love that story. You know, God was aligning Pastor Reuben's natural to facilitate what God was going to do for him supernaturally through COVID. He worked together with God. You know, some of us, we don't see God working that way. We're like, well, Lord, deliver me. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to trust the Lord. You're going to trust the Lord, but if he's telling you to lose weight, boy, you better lose it. If he tells you to get on a bicycle, boy, you better get on it. Well, the Lord don't need none of that. Well, if he said it, you better believe he does. I was shocked one time I heard Brother Hagin say, uh, the Lord told him there's a recession coming, Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagin said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to lay off this many people. I want you to sell this many properties. And I want you to hunker down. He said, if you'll do that, he says, I'll bring you through. 
So he did what the Lord told him to do, and they came through okay. He said, but then there were other times the Lord said, don't worry about that. You're not going to participate. Lord said, financial trouble's coming. He said, but you don't have to participate. Brother Hagin said, well, bless God, we're not participating. He didn't change a thing, and they made it through. But when we went through that recession in the late 2000s, the Lord, that's the word he spoke to me. They said, there's, I remember I was, on, I was watching the, sh the news, and they said, uh, the, the nation's facing the greatest recession that they've ever seen in so many years. And I heard that. I was like, Lord, there's a recession. He said, yes, son. He said, you don't have to participate. I was like, well, amen, good. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not going to participate. He said, good. We bought an airplane in the middle of a recession. God blessed us big time in the middle of a recession. We, we never missed a beat, never missed a beat. Just doing the, doing the will of the Lord. But you know what? If the Lord had told me, sell this, sell that, do this, do that. I'd have done it. Because we got to work together with Him. We have to align whatever, whatever we can do in the natural to facilitate Him. We've got to align that. Amen. David should have aligned what he was doing in the natural with what the Word said. Second time he went to get that Ark of the Covenant, it went different. He brought that thing out of that place and took it right into Jerusalem. Some of you, the ark of God, the anointing of God, the spirit of God is about to flood in to your house, to your business, to your ministries. Amen. God's about to pour out his spirit on a new level. Father, we thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the man of God. Thank you, God, for the reminder. Thank you, Lord, that we are, we are doing. We are, we're, 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 we're like Isaiah. We're volunteering. We're here for this season. We're here for this time. Lord, we realize that worship has been jacked up by some, that the order of the kingdom has been knocked out of place by some. But God, we're here and we're willing. Here we are, Lord. Speak to us. Send us. Do whatever you need to do in us for us to be able to fulfill your purpose and to do your will. We love you, Lord. We love you today. Come on, let's pray in the Spirit with me right now. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Celebre isa karadruche de rebedriyaktaya. Celebre driyakta de maharadriyokta de borobosea. Shontono morobo sekeche driyata de baharadriyokta. Sandrande de mamreng de mestreje driyakta de besa. Tulbara driyakta de baharadriyakta de mestrefe driyende de mashtreya. Tulbara driyaksa pondere marande de maradruche. Belfere driyakta de besea. Shandana Maraktara Mahara Dala. Um, Brother Sean, I hope you don't mind me doing this, y'all. Uh, Brother Micah, I've only met you today, but the but the Spirit of God just spoke to me. And God's fingers on you, right? In fact, the Lord said that as as service started and as we got into worship and as the service began, began, something something began to be stirred up in you. 
It's like something like the Lord was getting ready to deposit something in you, drop something upon you. But I, but I hear the I hear the Lord saying this. I hear I hear God saying that. Uh, I hear the Lord saying that you're not going to. Number one, you need to understand you're not going to be held back by persecution. It doesn't matter what the opinions of people are, and the ideas that that man has for you. God says. Men have had certain ideas and certain ways they would like for you to, that they think that would be good for you to do and ways for you to go. But the Lord says he's prepared a way for you. And, and God says you've been, you've, been, uh, you've been willing to step out and to do in this, in this season, in this hour, what you believe the Lord has wanted you to do. But you've longed in your heart for the Lord to reveal clarity about something farther into the, you know, God, show me more. I mean, I know what you have for me now, but, sh but show me more. I, I hear God saying this, uh, the veil is about to be pulled back, and the Lord says he's about to reveal uh, to you in a greater measure what your future holds. The Lord, the Lord says this, the Lord says, many throughout your life have discounted you. In fact, you have felt like you were common, like that you were just run of the mill, but God never saw you as run of the mill. The Lord said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of your mother's womb, the Lord said, I set you apart. And God says, I set you apart for my purpose and for my glory. The Lord says, you're not moving slow. God says, you're moving at the pace that I need for you to go. And God says this, God says, God says, in your obedience in this season, the Lord says, I've prepared a greater place, a greater, in fact, I hear God saying this, it wouldn't be, it's not wrong for you to believe that the gift that you carry is greater than where you're at presently, because God says, you're right, there's something greater in you, and it's, and it's not really being seen and not really being revealed in this moment in time, but I hear God saying, it's on the horizon. And, and the Lord says the persecution that you've suffered from people that you love, the Lord says he's going to turn it around. And God says you're going to be an example to them. And I hear God saying their hearts are going to be turned to the Lord Jesus in a greater measure because of the sacrifice that you've been willing to make to follow after the Lord. Amen. To live for him. I hear God saying that your greatest desire has been to see uh, those people that you've loved turn, turn and repent and become everything God wants them to be. The Lord said, not only is it your desire, the Lord says it's my desire. He says the only reason you carry the desire, God says, is because I put it in you. The Lord says, get ready. He says, this is the hour. This is the season. This is the time, God says, when I'm going to reach out and I'm going to touch them. And they're going to be changed. And God says, and, and the example, the Lord says, that I have made of you is going to be pivotal and, and, uh, and necessary for that to happen. Amen. But you are going to leave out of here today with a different coat. Amen. There's a different garment that's going to rest on your shoulders. And God says it's not going to fit at first, but he says you're going to grow into it. Amen. Amen. Thank God. So, Lord, I thank you as I lay my hands upon him. I pray, God, that you'll uh, fulfill this word, every, every word of it. God, that you will uh, touch and anoint and put a new, a new garment on Micah tonight. And God, use him for your glory. May your kingdom come and your will be done in his life. Let it be heaven on earth. 
as he serves the man of God, as he serves uh, in this ministry. Lord, I pray that it will be heaven on earth for him and that when the moment comes, God, and when that moment comes that you'll put a fire on his lips, that when he opens up his mouth to speak, God, his mouth will be filled with good things, things that will be a blessing and not a curse, things that will bring freedom and deliverance and not bondage, things that will bring healing and health in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's thank God for a minute. Amen. Glory to God. 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 And in my brose, Shulbara Driaksa. All right. I'm, I'm pushing on him, but he's, we're going we're gonna to be obedient to the Lord here. Amen. And I get, you know, I'm pushy. Amen. Sometimes you can persuade the Lord to do stuff he don't intend to do. And I know there's a lot of people who don't believe that, but I know it's right. <laughs> I've gotten the Lord to do lots of stuff he wasn't intending to do. And I, 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 <laughs> he, God, brother, I think he enjoys that his people will pull in that way. Glory to God. All right. Listen, I'm glad that you came today. Tomorrow, not, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, Pastor Ben will be with us at 1030 a.m. I'm expecting God to do great things in the morning. Tomorrow night, Apostle O. Michael Smith will be here. I'm going to tell you something. You don't want to. You don't want to miss not one of these meetings. Apostle Michael Smith will be with us tomorrow night, seven o'clock, ten thirty the next day, which is Wednesday, and then on Wednesday, Pastor Ben will be ministering again on Wednesday night, Thursday at lunch. I'm going to have lunch with all the pastors, all the ministers, uh, those that are he, that are uh, in ministry, uh, that are that are want to join us, uh, can join us. But uh, lunch is on me. You don't even have to pay for yourself. I'll take care of it. Amen. And we're going to eat good. I'm, I'll even get healthy food. <laughs> I love that. The Lord showed you you could get double patties for a dollar more. <laughs> it's a revelation. It was a revelation. <laughs> no, but, and Thursday night, Aaron Bird will be here Friday morning. And then Friday night, we have a miracle service. I, I just, the Lord put it in my, I didn't know that we were going to do that. But um, we're going to minister to those that are sick, those that are afflicted, people that are in need of a touch from God. So get the word out. Bring those that are sick. Bring those that are bound. Bring Listen, bring people that they have no hope, that there's no hope. I believe we're going to see God bring those people out and raise them up. Amen. But listen, how many of you enjoyed this tonight? Amen. Praise God. Listen, I love you. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came. Uh, before you go, make sure that you have fellowship with one another. Get to know one another. I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you back here tomorrow, 10, uh, 1030 a.m. in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>